Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Jim F. Woohoo! Uh, hi, I'm uh, I'm Jim, and I'm uh, uh, I'm overeater. I'm an enthusiastic overeater, though. <laughs> That's because I'm in OA. I wasn't very enthusiastic when I got here. I'll tell you that. Uh, my girlfriend Sally came with me tonight, and and her dog Melba. And uh, it was a stressful drive up here. It was stressful. I mean, it was traffic and Going back toward Long Beach, it was stopped all the way, all the way. So I don't know if there was an accident or what. So hopefully that'll clear up by the time we leave. Um, well, let's see. <coughs> it's, well, it's a special time. I'm glad to be back in live meetings of OA once again. I've been here many times and uh, over the years, and uh, it's always fun to come up here and... Uh, and speak. This, uh, it's a special place for me, not only for OA, but for AA downstairs. Uh, it was one of the first meetings I ever went to when my sponsor spoke there uh, years ago. And uh, I'm very old, by the way, in case you can't tell. <laughs> in fact, I'm so old I got kicked out of AARP the other day. <laughs> and so I'm, uh, I'm going to be 80 here pretty quick. I'll be 80 years old. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's a BC alternative, believe me. So, anyway, I am going to tell you uh, a little bit about, I guess you'd call it my story, I don't know, uh, experience, strength, and hope, and some opinion, too. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I've been uh, in OA uh, for 27, 27 years now. An abstinent. And uh, I guess when I came in, uh, it was a little different. Uh, the, by the way, the term abstinence uh, has had a number of definitions over the years. It, it's changed. Uh, it's been redefined a few times. Uh, but I never uh, cared for any of the definitions, and I don't care for the current definition. Uh, so I had... Uh, gotten a definition uh, from an old-timer that I liked much better. And he said that abstinence was a spiritual condition. Period. It's a spiritual condition. I never thought, thought of that at all. I thought it had something to do with food or losing weight or something like that. But he turned out to be true. It's a, it's a spiritual condition. And uh, it has to be uh, maintained. That spiritual condition has to be maintained. That's exactly what I'm doing here tonight. I'm maintaining my spiritual condition. And so I, uh, I, um, uh, I've learned that I, ha- I have to do that, to be abstinent, to stay in that spiritual condition. I have to do things, whether I like them or I don't like them, I'm not uh, able to choose. Uh, 
So I just do what's presented to me uh, that's reasonable in OA, and that seems to work pretty good for me. Uh, I've always had a, a strong sponsorship uh, uh, in my life, and I continue to have that today. I, I don't think I could have uh, remained abstinent for that amount of time without strong sponsorship. So, um, uh, I, uh, I had uh, gotten out of the Army uh, during, during Vietnam. I got out of the Army. Come on in. And uh, how are you? <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't in very good shape. I was in pretty good shape when I got out of the Army, but I had certainly, uh, after I got released, uh, my life uh, became an emotional mess. And uh, I uh, started to find that uh, uh, abusing food seemed to alleviate <coughs> at least temporarily, that emotional uh, distress that I found myself in. And so, um, like any disease, it has gotten progressive. Um, I, uh, I ballooned up to 255 or 60 pounds. I uh, was a uh, real ordinary individual. Uh, I had, was living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the time. I had... Uh, I grew a beard. I had long hair. Uh, I uh, I was glad I was big because I like to intimidate people to keep them away from me. And so uh, I, I would try to frighten people with my appearance and my size to keep them away from me because I didn't want people getting too close to me. That worked really good for me. In fact, I was a little concerned about losing weight because I thought I would lose that ability to scare people and then... I would have to start dealing with them, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I was uh, 260 pounds, had a beard, long hair. Uh, I went to the uh, down to the Harley Davidson dealer, bought an old trade-in Harley Davidson motorcycle, fixed it up a little bit, jumped on it, and rode to California because that's where I always wanted to be was in California. I don't know why, but I wanted to be in California. Uh, thank God I did. Uh, and I ultimately ended up at, uh, in Laguna Beach at the old Canyon Club, the old Canyon Club. And uh, it was kind of a seedy little place out in the canyon there. And uh, there was smoking in those days. And uh, I, uh, that was the first 12-step meeting I'd ever gone to. Um, and I, uh, somebody told me to get a sponsor, get a sponsor. I didn't know what a sponsor was. Uh, but uh, I knew I, I needed something, direction in my life. And uh, I, so I picked the oldest guy I could find. This guy was in his 80s. I said, this is perfect for me. He's going to be sitting home with a blanket over his legs watching TV, and he will not bother me. Or, well, I made a big mistake, and I picked a guy, and uh, he, turned to, he was a physician. He was a doctor. And he's also one of the most active people in AA, which I didn't expect uh, and I didn't like. Uh, and so uh, uh, he uh, was not an uh, overeater at all, <clears throat> but he recognized in me that uh, something was wrong. 
And he said, uh, why, don't, uh, why don't you go to OA? I didn't even know what OA was. I mean, I knew it had something to do with my, you know, obviously I had a problem. Uh, I, but I thought, OA, I don't, I don't know if I want to go to OA. He said, I, I think you should try OA. I said, oh, Christ, I don't want to go to OA. <laughs> but I went because the sponsor told me to go. Or I never would have gone. So I went to a men's stag breakfast meeting in Irvine. And I don't know if it's still going on. And uh, uh, But anyway, during the meeting, you ordered breakfast and you ate breakfast during the meeting. And I thought, well, this is really strange. And I still think it's rather strange. But anyway, <laughs> there was very little recovery in there. And so I didn't identify. I didn't identify at all. And I went back to this old doctor, and I told him, listen, I said, <laughs> I know I got some problems here, but uh, I'm not as sick as the people I saw in the OA meeting. I'm just not, I'm not that sick, so there's no point in me going to OA. And he really got, uh, got mad at me. He said, listen, <laughs> I said, I gave you this, I gave, I gave you some direction. Uh, uh, you don't want to go. He said, uh, I'm not going to ever bring it up again. I said, good. Uh, that's the end of that. Well, unfortunately, uh, this disease gets worse with time. I developed uh, some heart problems. I had a number of stints. Uh, and uh, then I developed onset diabetes, and I was suffering from uh, depression. And I was suicidal at times. Uh, but I didn't think there was really anything wrong with me. That's what I thought. And uh, as he saw this thing progress... <clears throat> he uh, again came to me and he said, Jim, you know, he said, I told you I wasn't going to bring this up again, uh, but I'm going to tell you again, why don't you go back to OA, try OA again? <clears throat> and I thought, uh, how you doing? <laughs> and I thought, uh, oh, God, not OA again. Uh, but, you know, I, I went, I went. And he said, by the way, as I walked out the door, he said, this time, why don't you try to change your attitude before you go into the meeting? And I said, all right. So I went back to a meeting in uh, Laguna Hills, actually. And uh, for, I was standing outside the meeting, probably about the size of this one, maybe a little bigger. And I, before I went in, I said, well, I'm going to change my attitude. I'm going to change my attitude. But my, my motive was to prove that it, what you had was not going to work for me. That's the only reason I was changing my attitude. So I could report back that you guys couldn't possibly help me. So I, uh, I changed my attitude. I changed my attitude. Went in. I'd been, of course, to other 12-step meetings, and I knew, you know, I helped set up some chairs, talked to some people, did things that I, I didn't want to do and I didn't think would really change anything. But as the meeting went on, by me changing my attitude, I started, amazingly, I started to identify with you guys. And I thought, wow, maybe, maybe I acted too quickly here. Maybe there is something here uh, that would help me. Uh, and so that was my, I don't know if you call it a spiritual experience. Yeah, I guess you'd call it a spiritual experience. I would, um, my grand sponsor, Terry R., he says this. He says that uh, a spiritual experience is being grateful for somebody else's well-being. <laughs> And I didn't know it, but I was being grateful for your well-being when I identified with you. Because if you hadn't been there, I never would have identified with you. 
So I, I was grateful. It was a spiritual experience in that sense. So I started, uh, met a gal named, uh, a woman named uh, Roz, who used to speak here. She's passed away now. She was enthusiastic. Uh, she was from up here in LA, too. And, and I kind of caught her enthusiasm. It, it's infectious. It kind of, I caught her enthusiasm. And, uh, so I started in LA. And then, uh, my sponsor said, well, you better get, uh, an OA sponsor for OA. And he said, I've got another guy I sponsor, and I want you to uh, call him and see if you can go to some meetings with him. Maybe he can uh, sponsor you. Well, his name was Scott Redmond. Scott's passed away now. So anyway, I said, okay. So I called Scott, who I knew. Uh, I didn't know he was in OA. And we got together, and he agreed to be my sponsor. And he took one look at me, and he, one of his favorite lines was he looked at me, and he said, you know, he said, Jim, you, you're getting all the benefits of step none. And, <laughs> and he, was, he was right. And uh, so we started working the steps. And we went to, uh, oh, where's that log cabin? Meeting? I don't even know if that log cabin deal still there. Uh, kitchen sink, wasn't it? Is that still going? Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. So that's where I first went with him. And uh, we'd go to a little restaurant on the corner there, and we'd work the steps, and we'd go to, to the uh, cabin and go to the uh, kitchen sink meeting. And then we started going over to Serenity Sunday. Uh, and uh, at that time, uh, Roseanne was still alive, the founder of Bullet. And she was a wonderful woman. I, I got introduced to her, and she was very interested in talking. And, and then uh, I thought, wow, this is, this is like meeting Bill Wilson, you know. Here's the founder of OA. And I was really impressed, starstruck. Uh, and so after the meeting, we all go to the deli uh, for lunch. And, of course, everybody, Serenity Sunday was huge then. I mean, it was probably 100 some people. And uh, so a good portion of people would all go over to the deli to have lunch after the uh, Serenity Sunday meeting. And so I would try to figure out a way to get, she was always at the head of the line, and I wanted to sit by her, and so I'd always try to sneak and cut in the line so I could sit next to her when we were eating. And so, uh, anyway, we got to be friends, and uh, uh, one thing she said to me, um, of many, but uh, I sat next to her one time, and I thought I, I thought I knew a lot about OA, you know, I was very self-obsessed, and she says, well, what, what is your abstinence? What, what's abstinence? And immediately I started reading her my food plan. Well, I don't do any recreational sugar. I don't do any caffeine. I don't. And she stopped. She says, hold on, stop a minute. She said, I didn't ask for your food plan. I asked what your abstinence was. And I thought, well, isn't that my abstinence? And she says, no, that's not your abstinence, that's your food plan. That's a tool to get abstinent. And again, that led me to this idea, and uh, she didn't say it outright, but she's from, it's a spiritual condition you get by working the steps. So, um, I, uh, I want to give uh, a little uh, historical credit to somebody who I don't think often gets it. But Roseanne and another woman uh, founded 
OA, I believe, in 19, early 1960, maybe 1962, at her home. And it was women only. And uh, Roseanne uh, didn't particularly believe in God, so she threw out the third and the 11th step. <laughs> Those were out of the program. And so they were, they were going along. Some way or another, I don't, I don't know how, I've, I guess I've been told over there, she knew who Clancy was. And uh, she invited Clancy, of all people, to come and speak to them at her house. And there was like seven women. This was the first, very, probably one of the first meetings of OA ever. And so, of course, he trotted over there. He, he had no idea. He didn't, wasn't an old reader at all, but he, he, he knew the structure. He knew how to tell them about the steps and their traditions, and he told his story, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, the, uh, uh, the adaption of the steps and traditions came into OA. And um, I, I don't think Clancy ever gets any real credit for being a, a very significant part of the beginning of this program. Well, he wasn't part of it, I mean part of it, but it, it, it gave them the emphasis to go ahead with this thing. And so um, I just uh, wanted to express that and be sure he gets historical credit for it. Anyway, uh, getting back to the steps, um, I... Uh, I uh, thought for sure uh, that my problem when I came in here was food. If I could get control of the food, lose some weight, somehow my life would get better. Now, that was erroneous, of course. Uh, but uh, I, I came to realize, you know, that I had I'd certainly stopped abusing food at times in my life, and I'd lost weight. And I felt worse than when I was eating. It was it, it just it didn't make any sense to me. There was something something else going on, and it you know it became very apparent in pretty short order uh, that my problem was not food because uh, food has no power over me. Uh, uh, what my problem was was abstinence. I, I couldn't want My problem wasn't when I, eating food was fine. I didn't have any problem eating. Uh, my problem was once I stopped eating, that's when the problem started for me. And that became quite obvious early on. So, uh, I just, uh, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tolerate what happened and I, uh, when I'd stopped eating. So again, I would return to that, uh, that substance which relieved my emotional distress. I don't believe that happens to normal people. Uh, but anyway, that was, I was, I identified my problem. And so what's the solution to that problem? Well, it's the steps. It's always the steps. Uh, and so as I worked the steps, uh, that condition that I experienced when I stopped abusing food uh, started to become uh, a, a, an enjoyable way of life, which it is today. Um, so, uh, I want to share with you a little bit uh, about the uh, about the steps because that's uh, that's the one thing that has uh, saved my life here. I 
I, uh, of course, lost the weight. I'm grateful for that. But, uh, you know, I was, uh, when I was 35 years old, uh, I couldn't even, I couldn't even hardly walk around the block. I was in such bad condition. And uh, I, uh, as I say, I developed heart problems and onset diabetes, which is not a good combination to have. And uh, my uh, sponsor, the old physician, has suggested uh, 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 that, uh, well, first off, I, I was depressed. That's the reason I went to him with this problem. And he was a physician. And I thought, this is perfect. I'll get him to write me a prescription to alleviate this depression. This is perfect. I don't have to go to a doctor, a psychiatrist, or any of that crap. So I went to him. I said, Paul, listen, I'm depressed. Uh, and uh, I, I just wondered if you wouldn't mind writing me a little prescription to alleviate this depression. And uh, he says, uh, no, he says, uh, I won't. He says, I don't believe in uh, drugs. And I'm thinking to myself, what kind of doctor are you that doesn't believe in drugs? And he says, well, isn't that I don't believe in drugs? He says, I just don't believe in drugs as the first approach to depression. And he said, I've... Uh, I've struggled with depression, a lot of my recovery as well. And he says, what I do is I exercise, and that has worked, that alleviates my, has alleviated my depression. And I, uh, I suggest that you uh, try exercise. My first thought was, exercise? I'm not that depressed. <laughs> but, but again, I was willing to do something he suggested. And I'm doing it today. Okay. So, uh, exercise has become a, a big part of my program, a big part. Uh, and the reason I say that is this, that um, as when I started exercise, I could barely walk around the block. That turned into running. And I started going to the gym. And then I got a bicycle. Then I started playing basketball. And then I started swimming. And I try to do something. I schedule something for every day. Every day. I don't always do it, but I always have on my schedule. Uh, I'm going to the gym today. I'm going to, I'm going to take a run today. I'm going swimming. Whatever it is, I try to schedule something for every day. And the reason is this. I'm not uh, trying to suggest that exercise is the end all to everything here. But uh, it has become part of my 11th step. It's part of my 11th step. It's spiritual activity. It's 11-step uh, it's action. It's not just exercise anymore. So when I schedule those things, the thought in my mind is that I am going to spend that time with my higher power and do my 11th step, and, uh, and that, will, that will be part and parcel of that 11-step action that I take to... to, uh, to uh, activate that 11 steps, so to speak. Uh, and so the steps are at, uh, like a bunch of actions. So that's my action. I have action for everything, but that's my action for the 11th step. Uh, and so uh, I am seeking through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with my higher power. And uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm not 
I'm not sure that I ever figured that out. And I remember telling us, I said, you know, I'm, I do 11th step, but I've never, nobody's ever told me to do anything. Um, and um, so I, uh, I, I think it's Thomas Merton wrote a prayer uh, that my sponsor gave me as well, where it doesn't make any difference whether I understand what my higher power's will is for me. The important thing is that I'm willing to do these things to please him. Even though I don't know. Even though I don't know what his will is for me. And so apparently, apparently I can't swear to this, but uh, I, uh, he is, he's never missed a run. He's never missed any of my exercise, my swimming, anything. It's always there. Always there. Never... Uh, never felt that he wasn't present uh, when I was doing that 11th step. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the third and the 11th step, which I like specifically. Cause <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, I uh, in the third step, of course, I'm developing a partnership with my higher power, turning my life and my will over of my higher power and uh, uh, I wouldn't do that with just anybody but uh, so I was very uh, I wanted to know uh, what the relationship was going to be like and my sponsor told me well he said it's like this he said it's like a general partnership uh, you're going into a general partnership with your higher power okay and he's going to be the general partner and he's going to own 99% of the stock and you're just going to be a 1% stockholder. That's it. That's, you're going to be the worker. He's going to make the decisions. And that's going to be your partnership. And I said, okay, that makes sense to me. I'll do that. You know. And, uh, so uh, I, uh, I know that uh, the direction uh, that I take uh, is, is uh, I, I refer to my higher power as my, par- that's my partner. So, uh, so anyway, that was a good... Uh, uh, segue into that 11th step. I didn't jump from 3rd to 11th, but that's that's my thought, that's my thought process. So anyway, another uh, talking about 3rd and 11th step. Uh, another uh, guy uh, that was part of the original group of AA guys that uh, constructed the steps uh, was named Jimmy Burwell. A lot of you probably never heard of him. It's an obscure figure, not much talked about him in AA history uh, in the construction of these steps. But Jimmy ended up down in uh, San Diego before he passed away. And Jimmy Burwell was the guy, when Bill Wilson was writing the steps, in the third and eleventh step, God as we understood him, that was not part of the steps. That was not part of the steps. Jimmy Burwell... Uh, was a uh, agnostic or an atheist, one or the other, or maybe both, I don't know. Anyway, he insisted uh, to Bill Wilson that it, that it had to be uh, God as each individual understood him. And thank God Bill Wilson listened to him. And that was inserted. God as we understand in the third and eleventh step. And 
That opened the floodgates for these programs. Everybody uh, it made it inclusive. It wasn't just a Christian program or something. Everybody uh, was invited and, and welcome. And not only AA, we use the same process here. Where everybody is welcome here. Uh, and so um, that was a big uh, part of uh, uh, that 11th step. It was just a big part of the process. Third and 11th step were a big part of the process here. So anyway, um, as this went on, uh, as I say, here I am. I'm going to be 80 years old here pretty quick. I'm in better shape today at 80, almost 80, than I was when I was 35. Believe me, I'm not kidding you. I could not run three miles when I was 35 years old. There was no way. I couldn't do it. I could, I could hardly get around the block. Here I am 80. Uh, I certainly wasn't doing all the other things I did, uh, exercise-wise. Uh, but uh, here I am in this, uh, uh, where the, uh, I take a couple of blood thinners, but my heart problems are undetectable, basically. Uh, the onset diabetes is in remission, or whatever you want to say, it's there, but I don't take anything for it. it it's, it's, it's in a remissive state. Uh, the depression uh, that I thought I was experiencing uh, when I was new has also just it's gone. I mean, it's, it, basically, I haven't experienced since that first time I started running. And uh, at the suggestion of my sponsor, I have not experienced any depression to speak of. Uh, so um, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm getting younger rather than older. <laughs> it's any sense. Because uh, I'm able to do things today I couldn't do when I was 35. So maybe I'm getting younger. And uh, so that I like to use that and, uh, and, and to continue uh, that process. Uh, now, how much time do I have? I think I'm getting dry mouth at talking so long. About 12 minutes. Oh, 12 minutes. Okay. Well, I like to tell stories about my sponsors. So. <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell you one story. Then I'll, I like to listen to you guys. <laughs> so, uh, go exercise. If you're depressed, go exercise. That's what he told. Okay. That worked. So, um, I, uh, I, uh, as I told you, I was suicidal. I thought I was going to commit suicide. That's an emotional mess I was in. And uh, someone over saw us one day, and he's on the phone with some guy. And he's talking to this guy, and I'm listening to it, and I'm getting half conscious. So he gets off the phone, and I said, well, what was that about? He said, well, this guy called me, and he said, I've been trying to help him out. He's a new guy. And he called me back. He called me up, and he said, listen, he said, I want to thank you for uh, trying to help me, but uh, he said, I, uh, I decided to uh, not uh, remain in the program, and I, I decided to commit suicide. I'm going to kill myself. And so my sponsor said, oh, okay. And so he uh, said, anyway, thanks, you know, for trying to help me, but that's what I'm going to do. Thank you, Leslie. So, um, my sponsor says, well, listen, I'm going to tell you something. He listen. He says, I want you to know one thing before you kill yourself. He says, however you feel 
at the time you take your life, that's how you're going to feel for eternity. That's how you're going to feel for eternity. So he said, be sure that you're in a really good mood before you kill yourself. And of course, the guy didn't kill himself. And, he, and then before he hung up, he said, uh, by the way, if you do decide to kill yourself, don't tell anybody you talk to me. And he hung up. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. And uh, thank you for having me here. It's really good to see you guys. And welcome to your new people. Keep coming back. We need you. This is a, this is a great, great place. A great place. So uh, anyway, you get questions now? All right. Yes. Um, thank you so much. How do you keep your program fresh? Well, that's a good question. Let me just think about that a minute. How do I keep my program fresh? Well, it is, seems things like I'm doing, like I'm right now. Uh, I, uh, in the, in this sense, in this sense that if I don't do uh, things like coming here to speak or sponsoring a guy that needs a sponsor or taking phone calls or having commitments or something, I start to regress. I start to regress. It's almost inevitable. I can feel myself. I'm starting to get emotional again. I'm looking for a solution. I'm not finding it because I'm not doing the things that have been just suggested that I do. So I guess if you call that fresh, that's what keeps that spiritual condition maintained. And I guess that is. That's a good term, fresh. It keeps it fresh, you know. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here really not, I mean, my story's not that great or anything like that, but I, I'm, I'm here to share my enthusiasm with you. That's really what we share the best, our enthusiasm. You know, enthusiasm. get enthusiastic about this program. And, and boy, it'll work like a charm. And like I say, when I was new, change your attitude. You know, come in here. Oh, going to have a good attitude today. And things change. Things start changing right away. End the story. <laughs> well, um, I'm not here because of food. You could just repeat the question if you don't mind. Yeah. It, it, what does my food plan look like? Okay. Uh, I, I really don't have a food plan. Um, and it isn't because I wouldn't suggest one, suggest so when you're new, uh, uh, because uh, as time goes on and you work the steps, uh, food is, uh, it, you will discover food is not the problem. It seems like it is, but it's really not the problem. Uh, what happens is that uh, the, the abstinence uh, puts me in a condition where I don't need to abuse food anymore, so I really don't need a food plan because I don't abuse food. Uh, does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Now, when I'm, when I'm new, I think it's good to have some kind of, a, some kind of structure. And I'm, uh, I, um, I, I want to stress that, you know, that food plan is not abstinence. And that's what a lot of people get confused with. That a food plan is just a tool to help you to get abstinent. And so, uh, it, mine, uh, when I was new, I had uh, three meals a day. I don't know if they were moderate. They probably weren't. But they were, there was a beginning and end, and there was a, a snack. That's what I, that was the best I could do. That's the best I could do. Uh, and so, from that point, as the steps started to take 
uh, place in in my life and my spiritual condition, the uh, I, uh, I wean that food plan down, and then finally it's just not necessary anymore for me, for me. Uh, and so the focus is uh, uh, not on food, uh, but on the steps and abstinence. That's where the solution is for me. Yes, sir. Is there anything you do differently now with with your sobriety than you did when you started out? My sobriety or my abstinence? Abstinence, excuse me. Uh, well, I'm not. Is there anything I do different for your abstinence today than when you first came into the program? Well, yeah, everything I, I share. All this, ex- the exercise. Uh, they're working at the steps, sponsoring people, having a sponsor, uh, getting to meetings regularly, uh, uh, having commitments. Those things certainly uh, have uh, have what have uh, have moved me forward into into the recovery. So yeah, it's been a big change, a big change. As I, if you heard me say what I was like when I first got here, it's a mess. I was a mess. And uh, so uh, those actions that the steps have suggested have what have changed my life by me internalizing them and then taking action relative to those steps, specifically, as I shared with you, the 11th step. Is that it? Hi, Leslie. Jim, thank you so much. Do you have a sponsored AA and a sponsored OA, or how did you handle that in the beginning versus now? Uh, yes, I have. I, as we were joking before the meeting, uh, I believe I'm getting this, this right. Father uh, Tom was the one that said, if you're not participating in at least three different 12-step programs, if you're in, really in recovery, that you're living in denial. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I participate in Al-Anon, I participate in AA, I participate in OA, and I have a sp- I've always traditionally uh, had a sponsor in each program. Uh, so today, uh, I, the sponsor that I've had in OA is very ill, and I've lost touch with him. But uh, I'm certainly looking for, you know, for somebody. Uh, but my AA and my Al-Anon sponsor are very strong, and uh, so I rely on them until uh, I, somebody else appears on the scene. But I think it's a good idea to have a sponsor in each specific program. That's been my experience. Yes, sir. What's going on? Um, you're working with sponsors. Which, uh, which way do you take them through the steps? Do you use the big book or the OA literature? Give a preference. Yeah. How do I take people through the steps when they're new? Um, I uh, I don't use OA literature. Uh, I rely on, uh, and I, I really can't say. Uh, that I use the big book per se, but I do use the uh, chapter, the steps themselves. And so I don't, uh, I, I am, 
uh, I've learned not to be an interpreter of the steps. Uh, the steps, as I've been taught uh, from the beginning, uh, mean what they say, they say what they mean, and they have no deeper meaning to them. There's no deeper meaning to the steps. And so I, uh, I, I don't try to interpret it interpret them. I uh, present them as they are in, laid out in the original uh, in chapter 5 and I, uh, and that seems to work fine. Uh, simple, easy um, uh, and uh, I think that's the idea here. If you, uh, I know a lot of people use uh, workbooks and, all, and that's fine. That's fine if that's, if that's what works for somebody. Uh, but uh, I just find it's uh, it seems to work better in its original uh, concept to be simple, straightforward, and 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 quick. And that's the way it worked at the beginning, and I'm pretty sure it's the way it works now. Um. I know you talked about the 11th step with exercise, Jim. Do you have another formal way you practice the 11th step as well? No. Okay. No, that's it. That's because that's, uh, she's asking about exercise and, and incorporating that in part of my 11th step. Uh, the steps are series of actions. Series of actions. That's the action I take for uh, the 11th step. And so um, that that's what works for me. And I schedule it every day. I don't always do it every day, but I schedule something every day. And so I'm doing an 11th step every day. And when I'm doing my exercise, I'm alone. There's no cell phone. There's nobody talking to me. There's no TV set. There's no nothing. I just have that alone time with my higher power. And, uh, and it, it really works well for me. So... Okay.